Welcome to WDFG, Dear Final Girl Radio, the advice and horror podcast where life problems have an answer. Now here are your hosts, Lori and Tamara. Hello, Final Girl. Hello, Final Girl. It's been a while. It has been a while. But, I mean, we've still existed all this time. We just haven't produced content that other people can listen to except for our significant others. <laughs> I, yeah, I produce. <laughs> I make a lot of that. I actually um, cloned myself so that I could have somebody else make noise while I'm sleeping or doing other wow. things. Wow. Yeah. I need to tap into that. I mean, do you really want to have children? Oh, that kind of clone. Yeah. I th- okay. No. no. <laughs> I can And actually, now I can't. Any- I can't anymore because, you know. Lucky you. The Miss, Miss Menopause has... <laughs> come to visit me (laughs) menopause has entered the chat (laughs) you're you're on mute you're on mute menopause (laughs) hold it down uh cool so um what are we doing today i think we've got a, a plug we do have a plug. So before we get started, I um, want to give a shout out to the Cabin in the Woods Film Festival. I want to read a brief description and um, tell you, uh, um, mention the people behind it because they're people that we care about. Mm-hmm. So Cabin in the Woods Film Festival, um, which is also an in-person and online experience, Uh, A hybrid boutique horror film festival with all-inclusive ticketing held at beautiful and intimate venues along with exclusive online programming for those attending remotely. This will take place October 23rd through 26th. And the founder of the festival is Crystal Connor. And we know Crystal through um, someone that you all um, may know, Lady Shasha, um, who has a very active Twitter presence, um, her own YouTube channel, mm-hmm. um, and um, she also, Lady Shasha also did a origin story mm-hmm. for Dear Final Girl, I think. Gosh, it's, it's probably been at least a year now. Previously on... Um, yeah, previously on Dear Final Girl a year ago. Um, the website for the festival is cabininthewoodsfilmfestival.com. And, um, you know, I mean, a, a woman a woman founded mm-hmm. film festival that attempts to remove uh, financial barriers yeah. that is... Um, very inclusive, and it just seems like a really big to-do, so we're happy to shout them out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we're kind of having a film festival today because <laughs> we're covering two films in our episode. Yes. Let's see how we navigate that. <laughs> <laughs> Something we've not done before. Hey, you know, yeah. we haven't, uh, you know, recorded in a while, so why don't we just Switch up the format. No big deal. Yep, no problem. No problem. <laughs> Actually, it's probably a good time to like play with the format a little bit because um, we're just so out of practice. <laughs> yeah, we are a little out of practice. I mean, we're still good at talking. We yeah. still like horror. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamara and I get together regularly. I'm sorry that you all don't have the benefit of those goings-ons, yeah. but, you know, all those things are the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just not tethered to a microphone. Yeah, not as much. No. Um, we picked these two films um, due to a connection, um, which shall be revealed mm. later in the episode. 
Um, so the two films are The Descent from 2005, mm-hmm. and then Tamara, which film did you watch? Uh, Fall, which was what, 2022? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Lori sent me the trailers for both of these, and I haven't, I hadn't seen either of them. Uh, and I was like taking a short break in between meetings at work, and I was like, yeah, I can watch two trailers. My hands were sweating. Oh, no. Like, I knew that I wanted to watch them because my hands were sweating so bad. And, like, I got an adrenaline rush just from watching both of these um, trailers. So, uh, and I was said, absolutely, yes, this is what I want to do. So That is awesome. And from a... You know, I will never be a jaded horror fan, but as a fan, as a horror fan who, you know, it takes a lot to scare me at mm-hmm. this point, like to hear about your physical responses. Like I had a physical response to you saying that you had a physical <laughs> response. So I'm really, ex- I'm really excited about yeah. that. That's really awesome. You know, what's funny too is that um, of the two, I was like, okay, I want to watch Fall because... The Descent looked scarier, you know? Like, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can actually handle all of the, like, seemingly supernatural parts of it. And when I tell you that, like, okay, I actually kept track of the suspense of the movie based on how sweaty my hands, feet, (laughs) top of the page... Um, where they start to um, do a different thing. I wrote full on sweating. Uh, that is all. I'm looking at it in her notebook right now yeah. in all caps and I'm loving it. I'm like, did your Garmin tell you that you needed more restful moments that day? I know. You Hands not, and feet sweating. You haven't like had nothing. enough rest to balance out your stress responses. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Go for a walk. Yeah. I love it. I mean, like, that's like, that's rather exhilarating for me to just hear that. Although I realize you're talking about your extreme discomfort you're experiencing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this stuck with you. But at least, like, when it was over, I pretty much went right to sleep. It was fine. I think that I chose correctly, even though I had that very extreme physical response Mm -hmm. during the movie, I didn't have the lingering well I didn't think I'd have the lingering psychological response Mm. there have been days past like in the past few days since watching the movie that like a moment or a view of the landscape will come up in my mind and I'll like hold on to my chair (laughs) yeah that's that's awesome (laughs) absolutely love it awesome sure yeah Yeah. well let me dive into the descent first it was descend into let me descend into the descent um it was of the two released first it was released in 2005 so um we have this group of like women friends who are adventurers they do this you know they do all these these big you know, just trips and adventures together. And when the movie starts, they're just coming off of one of those adventures. They've been whitewater rafting. 
And there's a group that the main characters, uh, the, the lead character is Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her best friend is Beth. Um, the person who will emerge as a bit of the, uh, What's the opposite of protagonist? Antagonist. <laughs> Antagonist is, is Juno. And um, there are also there are other friends that they that they have with them. Mm-hmm. So, Who aren't important and yeah, shouldn't even get we a credit We discussed for this. That how we were dissing the actors by not mentioning the character names. But, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> um, we actually do care about things like that, but sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so the um, the friends have just come on off this whitewater rafting trip. Sarah's husband and daughter there are there to pick her up mm-hmm. um, at the end of this trip. Um, something that we will come back to later, and I will just mention briefly here and uh you will probably already be able to figure out where this is going. Mm-hmm. You see this very subtle glance that Juno gives to Sarah's husband and daughter when they mm-hmm. arrive. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing, it's incredibly subtle, but it's enough to make you go, what's that about? Mm-hmm. And then we'll find out. <laughs> okay, so Sarah, her husband and daughter are leaving you can tell there's ten- some tension mm-hmm. with, you know, in it, whether it's in the moment or in their relationship more broadly. Long story short, there's a fatal car accident. Mm-hmm. Sarah survives. Mm-hmm. Her husband and daughter are killed. And I mean, she's just, you know, she's is just a complete a complete wreck mm-hmm. as one would be. Yeah. Um the story the movie picks up with the friends reuniting. Mm-hmm. So you get the sense that it's been at least a year. You know, this is like an opportunity for the friends to come back together, to support Sarah, to like reunite, to go on another adventure again in hopes that this this will be like a healing experience. Right. Um, so they plan to um, navigate this cave system. We find out later that Juno... Um, has kind of changed the system. Oh. Um, that, they, that they're supposed to be registered, you know, as, you know, being at this particular part of the cave system. Mm. But she wants them to have, like, a real adventure. Like, so she's, Oof. you know, when you see adventure movies and there's always that one character who's, like, the rebel, the wild one, the, yeah. you know, the one who's just not going to do things according to plan. Uh. Um, so she has actually taken them to a different part of the caving system and they're not registered anywhere, which becomes a problem. Yeah. (laughs) It becomes a problem. Um, all the things that you can, and you know, all the while, this movie is incredibly subtle. Mm -hmm. It communicates a lot about the characters with very, with very little information. Mm-hmm. It's little things they say, expressions on their face. You really get a sense of each, of each person. And you also start to get a sense of what the nature, I mean, they're this group, right? This group mm-hmm. of friends. But even within a group of friends, there are all these individual bonds. Not everybody has the same relationship with mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. And of course, that gets teased out yeah. as well. So they're in this cave system. Um, the women, other women, don't find out later and, until really shit, you know, starts to hit the fan that 
okay, we're not where you said we we're going to be. We're, nobody knows we're here. <laughs> so expect the things that you might expect would go wrong in a cave go wrong you know you know narrow passageways passageways that that collapse injuries just you know and some of it from like recklessness and some of it from just being it's like an unexplored actually part of this cave system yeah. well if all that weren't enough um, it turns out that there are like humanoid creatures that live down there and uh, basically begin preying on them while they are trying to find their way out of this this cave. Um, and that's that's, you know, uh, not even the only bad thing that's going on. <laughs> So, remember the glance that I mentioned? Mm -hmm. Well, we learned that Juno had been having an affair Mm -hmm. with Sarah's husband. Right, yeah. The way that we find out is we learn at some point earlier in the film, and I actually am into track back exactly when it was, um, we learn that, like, the husband kind of had this motto, um, live each day. Uh-huh. And it turns out that that motto is on a pendant that Juno wears around her neck. Uh. And that is that is in part how this deceit is right. revealed. Right, right, right. So to sum it up, a group of women in a very vulnerable, claustrophobic... <laughs> dangerous place with one another who really need to trust each other uh-huh. to survive and that's been sabotaged in a huge way yeah. the trust <laughs> is broken the trust is broken um i won't reveal uh, you know i'm gonna say i'm not gonna reveal the ending I'm and sure then i'm gonna forget it. that i've said it yeah. and then later i'll reveal it but i'll, yeah. I'll just kind of pause there okay um I do so many interviews as a part of my jobby job uh-huh. that I almost asked, I, I it was almost like I was interviewing somebody and I was about to say, is there anything else you'd like to say before the interview is over that we didn't cover today? <laughs> um, I can ask you that though. There is. Do you have paper. questions, <laughs> comments, feelings about the uh, um, summary so far? No, it all makes sense, and it very much makes sense why you chose these together. Like, as soon as you said the glance, I was like, oh, yeah, I know, I know (laughs) why. Um, So, yeah, uh, I guess my real question is, what's going on with these humanoid creatures, like, are they real? Are they a figment of their imagination? Are they, or is that left to the the watchers? I mean, it's like all of these horror movies that have like this really strong grief theme, where it's like, is the monster real, or is it like, a, it, is it a symbol for? the unresolved grief and fear of the character. I mean, mm-hmm. I always choose to believe they're real. You know, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't. I can't say that I was ever like a monster kid in terms of like my horror taste, but mm-hmm. I always am just like, oh yeah, that those monsters are real. They're not just metaphors, you right. know. I mean, I think there's a bit of a suggestion uh, because they they find some like old 
I think they found like some old miners' hats down there and some <laughs> other spelunking equipment. Uh-huh. Um, now, does that mean that the humanoids have they always been humanoids? Or were they humans that got trapped down there and somehow learned to survive and became, you yeah. know, bloodthirsty creatures? I don't know. I don't or, know about that part. you know, the ghosts of humans past. Right. Like, the supernatural remnants of things that had died previously. Right. Yeah. Okay. But they seem pretty real. They kill a lot of people. <laughs> okay, good. You know? Good. So they do and have... rather um, bloodthirsty and vicious and terrifying looking. Ooh, lovely. Um, okay, cool. So, well, do we want to talk about fall and the, like, parallels here? Yes. Um, okay, so fall is um, a movie with a lot of producers, like a stupid number of Oh, production I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. Which was really interesting to me because it's, like, 85 producers for less than 10 characters and that's if you include the vultures and the tower that they (laughs) climb and maybe the drone that they fly like they're but one of the things that I find really interesting about this movie is how it does so much with so very little it really does there is almost nothing and I'm, I'm saying this in a very, uh, in a sort of, with admiration that there is very little going on, and yet it's hooked you, and it, every single thing in that movie has a purpose, and I love it. Okay, um, so we have main characters Becky, Dan, and Shiloh Hunter. Um, who goes by Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky and Dan are married. Oh, we also have Becky's dad, who is sort of a minor character. Um, Becky and Dan are married. Hunter is their, like, freewheeling friend. Becky, Dan, and Hunter are all free climbers. So they, when the movie opens, Becky and Dan are... Um, tethered together and climbing up this huge rock face hunters we find her off to the side later and she's like showing off hi whatever um and over the course of this dan gets like startled by a bird falls off the cliff and before Becky can save him, or he tells her to unclip him, or whatever, before Becky can save him, uh, he falls to his death. Yep, yep. The the um, the trad climbing gear comes loose, and yeah. he's he's a goner. Yeah. Um. So the next time we see Becky, she is drinking in a bar. She's uh, grieving about a year later her dad shows up you have to start living life again would dan be grieving you if this were you no he wouldn't Uh, we find out that the dad didn't really like dan thought he was kind of uh, a jerk um 
and Becky's like, leave me alone. I want to grieve. Uh, then Hunter shows up at her apartment. Hunter is now a YouTuber called Danger D. And... <laughs> um, and she is has been like traveling and climbing and doing all sorts of dangerous things in the year that they've been apart. Um, and so Becky acted out her like terror or and grief over her husband dying by basically um, you know turning drinking and doing nothing, never yeah. climbing again, right? And Hunter does the exact opposite. She becomes sort of crazy in the like risk-taking sense. And so, um, you know, all of this is understandable reactions, totally opposite reactions to seeing either your husband or a good friend, you know, smash at the bottom of a cliff. Yep. Uh, so Hunter says, I'm gonna wake you up basically. You got to get over this. You got to get out and climb again. And I've got just the thing to do. We're going to go climb this 2,000-foot tower to, like, shock you out of this. Yep. Becky kind of is like, no, 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 not going to do it. And then the next morning she wakes up and she's like, yep, okay, I'm doing it. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, so six-hour drive out into the middle of nowhere – there is a hotel and a gas station and just this tower. So it's desolate. There's nobody around, no chance of anybody seeing them. So that is a little bit scary. And they haven't let anybody know that they're doing this. Right. Yeah. Cause they just leave that morning. Yeah. They like pack their gear and go on their way. Um, so, and there's almost nothing there, but there's a couple of things uh, we, the exposition here is beautiful where Becky's like, look, this is the B67 TV tower. It's a six hour drive. We're going to climb this weekend. We'll, we'll scatter uh, Dan's ashes from the top. Um, she's a YouTube star. So she kind of acts like a dick on camera and she um, is wanting to um obviously do this for the the youtube likes do it for the follows and um so she's bringing this cool 4k drone with her uh so at the bottom of the tower she's like we've got water no food because we'll be back by lunchtime which is like Dun, dun, dun. Right. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Famous last words. Um, they are going to be inside of a cage for most of the way. The last 200 feet is free climbing on a ladder. Then there's a platform at the top with a 30-foot pole with a light at the top of it. So what? Two th- I don't know. 230 feet of stuff above the cage which is, I don't know, do that math. The rest of the 2,000 yep. feet. Um, they have 50 feet of rope. They are clipped together. Um, and this is where I, like, 
then of course we get the gratuitous uh, rusty shaky bolts right a bolt drops here uh, one of the rungs of the ladder just comes Mm. off you know shit you know is gonna just get worse (laughs) hands and feet sweating so like if at the beginning when honestly my hands were sweating in the beginning when Dan falls yeah um and then both my hands and feet were sweating at this point. Uh, they stop halfway. Oh, we're at the height of the Eiffel Tower. Love that. That is yeah. just like, okay. <laughs> that that gives you a sense. Um, it's going to get crazy out of, out of the cage. You know, they know it's getting more rickety at higher as they get to the top. So when they get out of the cage, that's where I wrote full on sweating. Um, so basically they get to the top and there's no problem except a bolt falls out and Becky's like, what? (laughs) What was that? Yeah. What was that? And like, she hears it ring off of the cage below her, um, but they're safely on the platform. So they think everything is safe. They scatter the ashes. Um, yeah, they scatter the Dan's ashes. Yeah, her husband's. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because right. they've been sitting. They literally have been sitting in in the box they were shipped in, unopened. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, in Becky's sad apartment for like a year. God. Yeah. So they. Yeah. Um, and this is an interesting thing uh, when. They have to maneuver around these dishes that are in the middle, of like 50 feet from the uh, top of the the top platform, right? Yeah, because this is a now defunct TV tower. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so as they're navigating around those, they're outside of the cage um, and there's the ladder, but the, the dishes go over the ladder. So they have to kind of go around it, right? And Becky gets really freaked out about it and hunter basically says think about something else sing a nursery rhyme and so becky sings ring around the rosy ashes ashes we all fall down (laughs) and hunter's like maybe you should have chosen a different one because <laughs> um, one of them sings Humpty Dumpty later and I'm like yeah it's Hunter y'all that does it pick later. really shitty you know things to get your mind off things <laughs> right but ashes ashes we yeah. all fall down so like they spread the ashes okay scatter the ashes um Hunter is crying too at this point they're standing at the top of the platform and it's kind of windy you could see their hair blowing in the wind this bothers me so much how could you be at the top of a platform that's 2,000 feet in the air and not hold the goddamn pole in the yeah the hold platform? on to something oh, okay yeah um so they do what they're supposed to do and then they're gonna go back down easy peasy becky starts going down first the ladder pulls breaks away and the entire 200 feet of ladder down to the cage falls off and it almost it seems like it's more it almost seems like it's half the distance of the tower it's extensive and i mean this is the only way to navigate from the very top 
of this tower mm-hmm. down to the part where so now n- down to the part where the 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 remaining ladders in the cage yeah. mm-hmm. the, it's just like they are 200 feet of pole and mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. yeah they have probably three or four rungs right underneath the platform uh but it it's not very much so becky is hanging by the rope thankfully Hunter grabs the pole and then is able to pull her up. So we know from this, right, we've we've set the scene that you're able to pull somebody up who's dangling off of the platform. Great. Makes me feel a lot better, maybe. <laughs> but there's a couple of things. We know that there's an emergency box at the top. Uh... There's a flare gun in it, I think. Yes. Oh, Becky was wearing the backpack that had their water in it and the drone. The backpack falls off onto the dishes, and that's very important because um, they are stuck up there and they need their water, but the backpack is just out of reach. Uh, There's a binocular flares in the emergency box. they eventually see an old RV guy and a dog, basically. They don't see them. They start throwing shoes and stuff at them. He goes away. There's an RV. They try to shoot the flare. Doesn't work. Okay, so they've lost all of these possible chances to get rescued in that first day, and then they're without water. So the second day, they go down to get the backpack. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they got to get the drone. Because the drone is like, I mean, another way that they've tried to, like, communicate and let people know where they are because nobody knows is they have put Hunter's cell phone... Um, padded up in one of her shoes. Done an egg drop challenge. Yeah, there's no reception at the top of this TV tower. They send a text, and then they drop this shoe that's this padded package for the phone, Mm -hmm. hoping that, Mm -hmm. you know, basically when it reaches the ground, the text... Oh, it's an Instagram post. They're they're hoping that her post will... Yes, because she's got like, what, 60,000, something like that. But that de- they, nothing comes of that, and so they're they're sort of would you say like we're at the point where it's like they're they've got to use this drone right. to try to get it to the town. Right, right, right. Because they did have the phone. They both had their phones. Right. Becky's phone, or sorry, yeah, um, Hunter's, Hunter's phone first. is down at the bottom. Yep. Becky's phone, she still has it. Yep. Okay, so. The backpack is on the thing. It's their only, now their only hope, right? Let's get this drone, then we can fly it out. So the, Becky decides, okay, I'm going to go down and get it. I think that I can climb down. So the. Or Hunter, actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Hunter. Hunter. Um, I don't know. Blonde girl, she's probably Becky. Danger D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danger D. Um, so Hunter decides, okay, I'm going to climb down. Now this is where things kind of get frustrating for me. She climbs down, but 
secures the rope from the very top of the platform. And then she's already down there and she decides, okay, I'm going to unhook and hang by my hand and try to grab the backpack. Yep, because I can't quite reach it. She's got to get that extra few feet. Right. Yep. She's not able to do that, so she decides to jump to the uh, dish where the backpack is sitting. Great. She's got the backpack. And then Becky says, how are you going to get back up? You detach yourself from the rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thankfully, Becky, being a YouTube star, has a selfie stick, and she decides, okay, I'm gonna hook the selfie, uh, hook the selfie stick, backpack on selfie stick, gonna hook it on the rope, and then you pull me up. Great, this is a great idea. She's able to get it on there. The backpack is hanging from the selfie stick and the rope. And then she starts to climb on top of the backpack and have Becky pull her up. This is where what frustrates me because Hunter says, I'm going to pull myself up. I'm going to climb up the rope and you pull me up. And yep. I'm like, don't climb the rope. Just sit on the fucking bag. Yeah. Just sit on the fucking bag. I mean, everything that has happened around this part of the movie is feels pretty implausible. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, that's kind of like the, it's a little, that was what was frustrating for me. Yeah. Was that it was just like, there is no way that, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that was like, that's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in the moment, it makes sense, but also, in, oh, shoot. So, a lot of blah. There's a whole lot that happens here, <laughs> but... Backpack gets up to the top. Hunter gets up to the top. Uh, and the they send the drone out with a note. They had to charge the drone by climbing to the top of the pole. Um, so she sat at the top of, holding on to the top of the pole, holding the charger on for however long it takes to charge this thing. Also wholly implausible. Right, right, yeah. Um, Cool. That's 30 feet above the platform, which is 200 feet, whatever. Um, During this time, vultures start coming around because Becky has a wound in her thigh. And do I reveal the end? doesn't matter well yeah because i think it's important to know what um things that were we thought were happening that maybe weren't actually happening oh yeah 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 okay so oh one of the parallels here is that um becky's husband dan Becky has a dream at one point on the platform about her husband, Dan, and he says, uh, you know, they're in bed together, and she said, I love you, and he said, uh, or he doesn't say anything. She's like, you're supposed to say I love you back, and he says, I am, and he taps her one time, four times, and then three times, and one, four, three, I love you. Oh, that's wonderful. Turns out Hunter has a tattoo on her foot that we find out when she takes off her shoe and sock to throw her phone down that says 143. Yep. So 
while they're at the top of this pole, trying to get saved, trying to, you know, not die, not fall off. One another's survival, the trust in one another's hands. On like a four foot wide platform. They find out that Hunter had uh, slept with for four months, Dan. Of course, my first reaction, yeah, okay, that's that's a breach of trust. But also, why don't we ever blame Dan? Okay, so, anyways. I think we kind of do. Like, the dad was, like, thought Dan was an asshole. Oh, yeah. You know, and then, you know, it turns out, yeah, he was. <laughs> turns out dad was right. Um, so... At the point that they get the bag, Hunter has climbed up the rope and then she slips and Becky is having, is like scared to look over because Hunter fell and we don't know if Hunter grabbed, was able to slide down to get the bag or if she fell to her death. And when Becky looks over, we see Hunter and she's like, I hurt my hand. She's, I was able to grab the bag, but I hurt my hand. She's sitting on the bag. You have to pull me up. Okay, great. She pulls Beck, uh, Hunter up. Becky pulls Hunter up. And then we get like two more days of stuff that is them just kind of sitting up there being... Uh, like desolate like sad and depressed and whatever and not knowing what to do um then recharging the drone whatever um and something is revealed yeah something well the the way that it's revealed is that becky is so hungry i can almost not do it we see her deteriorating a lot we don't see the same thing with hunter and then hunter basically says survival of the fittest there's always something to eat and i'm like "Ooh, gross are they gonna eat each other no hunter reveals i missed the bag you know i'm not here with you i missed the bag there's a way that you can send the phone down there's a way that you can there's something to eat so basically hunter's dead yeah hunter's we dead. don't realize it for a while yeah. but it turns out in the attempt to get the well in part of this middle portion mm-hmm. she's yeah she she actually died so yeah, becky fell on the um she fell on the dishes yeah Bled out. Bled out. And so this whole time, Becky has been talking to, but also like getting help, like mm-hmm. kind of like getting help from you can do it. Hunter yeah, spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. which is really nice when you think of it. It is. After the fact. Um, but she puts, so Becky ends up putting her phone inside, of, in Hunter's shoe and then sticking the shoe inside of hunter and 
pushing her off the... Yeah, she's had to go back down to where Hunter's body has actually been this whole, you know, most of this time. And to ensure that the cell phone doesn't shatter, that this is like a last-ditch effort at Mm -hmm. this point. Mm -hmm. Because one thing we didn't talk about was, like, they did set the drone off to try to get help from somebody (laughs) in the town, and it was smashed by a truck, so... (laughs) So she when pushed, you say they, it really is just Becky. It really Becky. is just Becky. So yeah, pushes pushes Hunter's body over cell phone inside. Yeah. Uh cell phone inside trying to text her dad, yeah. which they should have done in the like they could have done that in the first place. And it's possible that that text would have sent. But they were like, no, the chances that we'll get someone sooner at the 50,000 followers, you know. Um, Hunter's 50,000 followers, if we can get this message to upload. Anyways, they should have done whatever. Should have done. Called Dad sooner. Um, But Dad comes up and is there with all the emergency people. Great. So Hunter dies... Becky lives, you know, mm-hmm. Becky lives. And to... she's not afraid anymore. Yeah. She, yeah. Yep. So. And Tamara's sweating again. <laughs> Thinking about. So shall I go into some more connections? Yes, please. Yes, please. So there's, there is, there is, before it's revealed in both of these films that one of the women was sleeping with the, you know, mm-hmm. protagonist's husband. Right. There's like these these subtle things. Mm-hmm. So we see that subtle, in, in the descent, we see that subtle glance from Juno at the beginning that's like, oh, she was checking out her man. What's going on here? Yeah. Now, in fall, before... Becky sees Hunter's one four three tattoo. Mm-hmm. There's um, something that happens before that. <laughs> we see like very early on. We see kind of like the wallpaper photo, the the photo that's like the wallpaper shot on Hunter's phone. We see her, but there's somebody else in the picture, but only their hand. Yeah, the cropped. It's out. it's it's the hand. And, you know, Becky even actually makes a big to-do. It's like, oh, my God, look at that smile on your face. Like, Mm -hmm. you look so freaking happy. Who is this person that is, like, lighting you up, you know? And I had just seen The Descent, Uh and I had seen it several times before. So the minute I saw that, I was like, all right, it's on. (laughs) There's going to, this is, this Mm -hmm. is going to be, she's sleeping with her best friend's husband and there's other ways that it's that it's um um kind of subtly revealed the wallpaper photo on becky's phone is of her her wedding day with dan and it looks like he's sort of looking somewhere else Mm -hmm. they're in the middle of this moment and at their wedding reception and then she's watching video of their wedding later on her phone, and it turns out, guess who he was looking at? Yep. Hunter. Looking longingly at him. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, both films start with, like, this violent death of the, the partner of, mm-hmm. the, of the protagonist. 
um, you've got like okay, they're they're um, all the characters in the films. They're adventurers. They're separated by this trauma. They come back together to help. Mm-hmm. You know the per- the you know the woman who's experienced the death of her partner to heal, and everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's also like okay, so in the descent. Um, Sarah's husband has this motto, which is part of the reveal of the the cheating. Uh-huh. Live each day. Yeah, and one, then, four, three. Yeah, almost identically um, in fall. Oh, There's yeah. a discussion of Dan's motto, and uh-huh. it's like almost exactly the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like... Um, don't die if you want to live or if you're scared of dying don't be afraid to live yeah and so it's you know it's just the parallels between the two films are kind of crazy except for (laughs) one's going up in the air and one's going way down under exactly i was like this would be a hollywood pitch meeting okay it's like the descent (laughs) but it's an ascent wait a minute we can't call it that that's too close we'll call it fall yeah you know (laughs) well um you know i'd be interested i'd be interested to see what uh, to actually see the descent because of how sparse fall is do they do the same amount with so little or is there a lot more talking and um i would say they do a lot with little in terms of the dialogue and Mm -hmm. how much it reveals about the the relationships Mm -hmm. but there's just a lot more action because they're in this cave you know you've got them going through the cave you've got like various accidents things they have to do to navigate parts of the cave mm-hmm. both before they realize they're in danger and after so there's a lot more action mm-hmm. but it doesn't you know sometimes um with films like this like the action will kind of like take over the movie yeah i don't really think it, it doesn't do that here because they've done it's just so well done mm-hmm. Um, and the way they've done it, that it, you know, you really, you get the best of both worlds. So what's interesting to me, or what I've been thinking about since watching Fall, which was like Tuesday night, Wednesday, um, was the way that my, that the filmmakers sustained my adrenaline rush. Yep. Uh, the beginning scene is scary but you're building up to his fall with a couple of different things including hunter coming past and then him jumping from one spot to another and then her jumping into his arms and then like the the jump scare of the bird and followed by like the big moment where he falls yeah um there's a couple of other things like we kind of get a little bit of a break during the bar scenes, right? But then they quickly get out on the road and they quickly get out of that um, hotel. And the very first thing they're doing as they're driving out of the hotel parking lot is Hunter's making a video and we get like a jump scare with a truck going by nearly running into them. And, like, I could feel my adrenaline spike again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
damn it. <laughs> yeah. And they do it again at the end when the truck hits the drone. And we know that... I, I just love that where the heights and the uh, emotion and all of the climbing stuff isn't necessarily enough. So we've got to like switch it up with the vultures or the other places. And it's almost like they're... Is this... Maybe this is why people like horror. Because it's a sustained increase in uh, adrenaline. And I think those are the best... You know, there are a lot of films that people might consider more suspense, mm-hmm. but you just, it those films where it never lets up, and I think that's where people get really upset, you know, just like when it's just a bunch of like cheap jump scares, mm-hmm. and that's how the movie sustains yeah. that tension, um, or it's like kind of an outsized part of it, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it can be fun and interesting and you're, that's just going to be a part of every horror movie that you're ever going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think when you have just that sustained tension, it, it's mm-hmm. really, yeah, it's, it's hard to watch, but it makes for a good movie watching experience. And you know, I mean, that I was, as you were saying that I was thinking of, um, how Halloween sort of does that where yeah. with both the music and the appearance of Michael Myers, just like around, around a bush, peeking around a bush, or like standing in a yard where you get like a, and it raises the, the intensity level. Yeah. Um, the, the allusion to Halloween is actually, so there's kind of something else I wanted to. Um, oh, yeah. In, in the parallels. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a third film, uh-huh. and I won't say what it is, and I won't uh, say too much about it, but through the course of these two films and this other film, I'm like, you know what? I think I've discovered a new subgenre. Mm. And um, I am calling it, and nobody can take this because I'm already almost done with an essay yeah, about on it. Record. <laughs> um, but Copyright basically, 2023. <laughs> the subgenre is Oops, I Fucked Your Boyfriend, Now We're All Gonna Die. Ah. <laughs> and the tie. <laughs> The tie to John Carpenter's Halloween and all the earlier slashers is it's like, okay, in those films, if you have sex, you know, you die. But in this new subgenre, it's somebody else having sex with your boo that triggers, you know, the events, which, of course, there's all kinds of plot elements that, you know, make disaster happen. But well, and. I don't, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's very similar for men, but I think for women, especially the, the double whammy there of this is my best friend. Yeah. And my, so these are my two people. Right. That have both betrayed me at once. And now I'm completely alone. Yeah. Which is what happens in fall. She's completely alone now. It's just her and the vultures she's eating or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah, oops, and I mean, I fucked your boyfriend. <laughs> oops, I fucked your boyfriend. Now we're all gonna die. So watch for the essay on that. Yeah. Um, Fangoria, keep your eyes out. Yeah, actually, that's where I'm pitching it to. So, yeah. um, there, you know, even the it's this different cast of characters. Mm-hmm. These these women adventurers. Mm-hmm. Um, in both, you know, in both films and this this other one that I'll include in the essay. And no, <laughs> could be. Um, and you know, you get to see there's sort of the stereo, like they say in every stereotype. There's a yeah, you know, there's, there's a kernel, a kernel of, of truth. truth. Um, but you know, there's there's this juxtaposition of okay, well, they're all adventurers. But one of the friends is the wilder one, Mm -hmm. the rebel, the one who's always pushing the limits and the boundaries. And then the protagonist is, I mean, she's an adventurer too. She absolutely is. She just has a different style, a different approach. And the kind of implication is maybe she's a little more fearful, a little more meek. And then that's just compounded by the fact that, you know, she's gone through, whether it's Sarah in The Descent or Becky in Fall. I mean, mm-hmm. add to that this terrible tra- tragedy and betrayal right. on top of it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, it was an interesting, interesting to, you know, kind of see, see how this... Uh, the signs in one movie pointed to, oh, yeah. you know, what would happen in the other. And it does make you watch. Um, it did make me watch Fall in a different way mm-hmm. because I had just seen The Descent. And I had these things really strongly in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so really early on in the fall, I was like, oh, man, here we go. Yep. But it, and 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 it made me watch it like I mean I still was like very gripped, mm-hmm. but I was watching it kind of in a different way because I was looking for things. You know, I just because we do this, and also because I know who who you are as a movie watcher. Uh, when I saw the hand in the picture, that one was almost I think because she because Becky drew attention to it. I think it was almost too much of a sign. They wanted you to know about it. And I was like, okay, well, if they, with a movie that has so far been this sparse. Yep. They want me to know about that. So like it's Chekhov's ghost hand or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Did I actually put that in there? I put something about Chekhov's um, drone or something like that. Chekhov's (laughs) drone. Oh my God. Oh my God, Chekhov's drone! It's gonna—it's that from now on. It's yeah, not Chekhov's yeah. gun anymore. It's Chekhov's drone. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Uh, or maybe it was—I don't know—Chekhov's vulture, <laughs> because I mean that is something that happens early. The vultures are a pretty big character in this. Well, um, and you know they did do a really good job, and I think you have to do this carefully to do it well, so it doesn't beat you over the head. Well, what caused Dan to fall? Well, he came across like a bird's nest. 
you know, on the rock face and a bird flew out and that's right. what caused him to jerk and pull. Mm-hmm. And then um, as soon as Becky and Hunter arrive at the tower, there are these vultures chawing on a dead dog. It was actually, he's not quite dead. Yeah. And then as they're going up the cage part of the tower, there's like the vulture's nest is there. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, you've got, you've got that, keeps sort of and and the fact that the the vultures are feeding on the dog well it turns out you know once it's revealed that hunter's dead they're they're feeding on her too we just don't realize it until that's revealed well and they start attacking becky while she's at the top of the pole charging the drone Mm -hmm. and uh, at some point she says, uh, it's okay, it just stinks. Like, my leg is okay, it just stinks. So her leg is injured, um, and that's a, actually how she catches a vulture is by playing dead, letting it peck at her leg, and then killing it. And eating it and for eating it, yeah. sustenance. <laughs> I asked John when we were watching, I was like, if you eat a thing that eats dead things, that can't be really good for your digestive But, you know, you got to just survive at that point. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. Um, I can't. Re- Max was watching with me, and I can't remember when he went upstairs, but I think it was about the time that uh, she started eating the, the uh, I almost said wrestlers. That was a... <laughs> random part um yeah that was i think when the vulture started came down to start eating he was like okay bye i just realized that the pit like there's this guy on youtube his name is ryan something and one of his series he does is like pitch meeting and it's basically like parroting these holly these just (laughs) terrible hollywood pitch meetings Uh so in addition like well it's like the descent but it's an ascent, uh, but we can't call it that. And there was something else that you just said that was going to be another part of the pitch, and I, now I totally uh. lost track of it, but it's like you can just imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and then also it's like the sixth sense because <laughs> this other character is really dead, and then you go back and go, oh, well, God, they never actually did touch. <laughs> That whole time, like, you know. <laughs> oh, well, Yui. this has been fun. Any, any been closing fun. Uh, closing thoughts? Um, don't try to climb up. Like, if you're on the bag, just stay sitting on the bag, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Don't. If you're scared of dying, don't be afraid to live. Yeah. <laughs> and no, don't get don't. a tattoo of oh. your husband, of your friend's husband's thing no. on your leg. Like, get it where no. nobody can see it, damn it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put it on your ankle. Come on, girl. Oh, that's why she wore high tops. Mm. Mm. Red high tops. Scar- the scarlet high tops. Yeah, that was a weird thing for me. Like, why is the... I, I know she has a, like, a look. Yes. She had a padded bra. She's yeah. like, you know, boobs Lod- for clicks or yeah. something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chekhov's yeah. push-up bra. <laughs> <laughs>
Chekhov's boobies. <laughs> I think, you know, I get this just kind of popped into my mind, but I guess my parting thought is like, you know, there's this the, like survival of the fittest, survival of the fittest. And this idea in, in the fall that it's not enough to push your boundaries a little bit. It's not enough to challenge your fear a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, you've got to go all the way to the very, you know, you you have to keep going. I took some exception with that mm-hmm. um, because I think any fear you push through is, is good. Yeah. And you just can't bring it every damn day of your life, you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, the one the, the you know, the character who in each film who ends up surviving is the one who is portrayed as, you know, weaker and yeah. more vulnerable. Or, so. But also the one who is less um, inclined to take the, the even bigger risk over right. what they're doing. Right. And I think, yeah, the middle path. Yes. Excellent. Um, excellent. Yes. Yeah. It's weird to me that... Well, maybe it's not weird because both of these things, even though the fall cause Becky at the end is like, I'm great now. I'm no longer afraid to her dad. Like they're healing trauma with more trauma. And I think that the, the, you know, if there's a moral of this other than just like, keep the adrenaline high, woo! (laughs) Um, Danger D! (laughs) Is that like you don't have to fix the trauma with more trauma like you can you can just yeah like start to get over things but it's hard to tell what was more traumatic finding out that her best friend was sleeping with her husband or watching both her best friend and her husband die yeah yeah and i guess we'll leave it at that yeah <laughs> great great talking to you again final girl yeah you too uh one more time we would like to plug the um cabin in the woods film festival dot com <laughs> oh sorry and that it well i just the the name biz the yeah. name is the uh the name is the url so i just oh, snuck okay, that okay. in there um <laughs> taking place <laughs> taking place both online and in person august 20 i don't have my glasses on right now <laughs> august 23rd through 26th again founded by crystal connor and a friend of the show, Lady Shasha, and uh-huh. we wish you guys a tremendously successful event. And and you go. I mean, yeah. this is actually a great a great plug for what we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yep. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Safe, yeah. Do, you know, make up from your for your trauma safely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, final girls, final boys, and final non-binaries. Tamara and I are honored to be your dear Abbies of horror, but that's all we are. People struggling just like you. We're not professionals. If you're in crisis, please reach out. We like to promote the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at suicidepreventionlifeline.org, phone number 1-800-273-8255. There's an online chat, and they're even on Twitter. Their profile is The Lifeline, and the handle is at 800-273-TALK. The Lifeline isn't just for life-threatening situations. 
It's free and confidential support for anyone who needs it at any time for any reason. Just know you're not alone. Tam and I wouldn't be doing this podcast if we hadn't been there too. Take care.